Some fantastic ball games week 10. We saw uh, Munich. Germany seems ready for an NFL franchise. Fantastic <laughs> early morning here on the West Coast game there to get into. We've got Vikings Bills that might have been game of the year. Justin Jefferson, ridiculous catches, just an unbelievable game that would not end, and you didn't want it to end. Another overtimer with the Packers. We got prime time with the 49ers and the Chargers. A ton to get into from the week 10 schedule that was in the NFL. Coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I want to start with the early morning in Munich. I don't think it was the game of the weekend by any means, but it was a pretty good game with the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulling this one out in Germany. Um, but I think it was the atmosphere that really blew me away <laughs> with those fans in Germany. And it had been a little while since there had been a game there. And uh, Roger Goodell saying that they're definitely going to be going back and, I it just made me think how can we not like there's the XFL's like trying to do another one and then there's the AAF that happened it's like what was wrong with NFL Europe I felt I feel like that yeah right iteration of non NFL pro football had some uh you know ties to the NFL there's players that you could watch and say hey this is going to be a player on our football team a, a true minor league system and I think if you're trying to grow grow this thing globally having those teams in Europe was uh, was a pretty cool thing. And, and seeing how the London fans have come strong and the Germany fans have, have come really strong there to some of these NFL games recently and got Mexico coming up next week. I mean, I, I'm sure you can't have a Mexico team playing against the Germany team, but you can have a NFL <laughs> Europe. Like, what, what, can we get the NFL Europe back is, I guess, where I'm going with this. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but I think that's a good call. I mean, maybe an eight-team league. You know, there were a lot of brand-name coaches. There were a lot of young coaches that got a start there. Good place to develop quarterbacks and O-linemen. Uh, there's certainly the facilities overseas to handle it, from what I understand, what it looks like here. Um, very interesting game, but maybe even a more interesting environment, as you mentioned. You know, I mean, and I didn't pay attention to this because I was on to the next game and doing the Steeler pregame show and stuff. But my son said this, the the fans didn't even leave the stadium. Like, they they stayed there and singing songs and, you know, like, they do things differently than we do. You know, they, had a good, yeah, they made, made a day of it. They did not get up and leave when the game was over. They were like, <laughs> yeah. for a while. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and, and it was funny to watch it, it, just like we had projected in this game. I think we did a pretty good job projecting a lot of these games, Matt. A little, little, little uh, tap on the back there for us from our predictions episodes. The Seahawks, about the time I woke up to start watching this game, because I wasn't going to catch the 6.30 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast. Right, right. But right around 8 o'clock, 8.30, second half of the game, I started watching it. And 
that's about the time the West Coast Seahawks woke up in this game. They were blank in the first half and then started to come back. They weren't able to come back all the way. The Buccaneers did win this game, but clearly that affected the Seahawks because they were non-existent in the first half. But I thought that was interesting just because right about the time I woke up, normal body clock stuff, the, the Seahawks kind of woke up in this game. Yeah, I'm going to die on that hill. I've been talking about it all week that that's a, a massive disadvantage for Seattle. I don't know if it's factual or not, but I mean, that influenced my pick greatly. And I think it played out that way, as you mentioned. But I know we're going to talk Packers here in a little. Brady and Rodgers must have some input on this. They're not just Joe Average rookie quarterback, of course. Those two teams won, and those two teams ran the football. I mean, 44 Mm. rushing attempts compared to 30 throws from Tom. Shut down Seattle's running game. I mean, Kenneth Walker, 10 for 17, long of five yards. And it was mostly Rashad White controlling the tempo and flow of the game, the physicality of it, time of possession. I mean, I don't know if the Bucs are a contender. There's a lot of football left for them to figure things out. This was a massive step in the right direction. You also heard another NFC team, but... I mean, I feel like they're destined to win the South. I mean, no, I don't see any other oh, competitors yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and they're a, only five and five. In a reset with with both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers' teams, like a reset in mentality. Both quarterbacks called out effort during the week with their teams. And yeah, yeah. You something had to change and, and and do something with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and you expect that they're able to get it righted. And maybe they did this week with the Buccaneers and the, both the Packers. We'll talk a little bit more about the Packers game from a fantasy perspective here in this one. Uh, Rashad White, is he the guy now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Should because be. Because he probably should be. And Godwin looking more like the old Godwin. Maybe you're getting your maybe you're getting the old Chris Godwin back for your fantasy teams going forward here too with Tom Brady. Yeah. And then there's some younger dudes like like as you mentioned, White, Otten, you know, that are bring mm. a little juice. And Julio Jones looks okay. You know, I mean I don't know how long that's gonna hang on, but he had a little bit of spark to him as well. <laughs> and so, he, yeah. he took that hit going into the end zone. It's like, oh he's gonna get hurt on that, isn't he? It's right, like, right. Yes, yes, no, no, kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean that's good to see. I mean, if anyone's going to get things back on track, you got to bet on Brady and the Bucks, especially in that division. And you know, I don't know if Green Bay's buried yet or not, but uh, they don't have a Vikings in their division in the South, so we'll see. Yeah, in the South, they're running away with it at five. You're right, five and five. Here's our. Saints are bad. Uh, Panthers are bad. You know, speaking of those Vikings, eight and one now after a big win on the road at the six and three Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen ended up playing in this game. Didn't really even look too hampered, especially in the first half of the game. They had some struggles in the second half, though. Only a couple of field goals for the Bills offense. The Vikings were able to come all the way back in miraculous fashion. There was the ridiculous Justin Jefferson catch. There was the the touchdown, non-touchdown. There was the Buffalo Bills taking the ball over at the goal line, just needed to get an inch and not retreat into the end zone. And not only was it not a safety even, which wouldn't have been that bad, it was a fumble and a touchdown for the Vikings. Then it goes into overtime. And, I mean, just a just an insane game there for the uh, the, the Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings somehow came out with the win there and they've come back multiple times this year and now have a really good statement game on their resume that they built they beat a really good team eight and one you go to buffalo and win no matter what the circumstances you have to take this team seriously i think their only losses to the eagles as well it's not like it was a you know they lost to houston or something like that um they got a couple things in their favor you know you don't always fumble on your own goal line coming out you know i mean they probably don't win that game otherwise Right. Uh, everyone's calling it the game of the year, the catch of the year. 
Sure. I mean, I'm sure two weeks from now there'll be another one, you know, that's a game of the year and the catch of the year. But that was there was a phenomenal, entertaining football game. I'm not taking any away from Minnesota. That's not what this is meant to be. But I was not impressed with Cousins. Allen continues to throw head scratching picks. And I'm sure he's not 100%, but that's not the reason that there's a couple of mental things the last few weeks. And the Bills are dealing with a lot of defensive injuries. But they're still really good, and it's still really – it's in Buffalo, and you got the win, and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson were the engines. Stephon Diggs chipped in with a big day as well. You know, I, I think Hawkinson is a very nice addition that just kind of is something different than Cook and Jefferson. Yeah, Kirk Cousins ended up chucking it 50 times. D- does, does this help Kirk Cousins get the monkey off his back like to win a big game? I guess. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but I, I, that might, that monkey might live on his back. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's been there a long time. The other question I come away with in this game is not, is Justin Jefferson the best receiver in the league? How much better is he than everybody else? How far away is number two after Justin Jefferson? Ty, what Tyreek is doing, though, I mean, there's four or five that are yeah. sick. I mean, Jamar Chase is a little down. I mean, Adams is bouncing back in a big way. Nobody noticed, but Stefan Diggs caught 12 for 128, also on 16 targets. Yeah. Know, I think Jeff, I think Tyreek's one, to be honest with you. I mean, Cup's not bad. I mean, imagine if there was something around him. There's yeah. five or six that we knew were going to be good that are living up or passing that expectation. Yeah, but what Tyreek's doing is pretty crazy it's right pretty now. It's pretty crazy. As well, so yeah. definitely deserves to be in that conversation as uh, – as Boy, the best, but man, when you really need it, they just kept going to Jefferson, kept going to Jefferson, yep. guys on them, guys hitting them early, just pulling the ball away from dudes. I mean, that's the type of like you want to be an alpha, you want to be a true wide receiver one. That's what it looks like. Absolutely. The whole world knew it was coming and it, it got that way. <coughs> Excuse me, the water down went down the wrong pipe. But CD Lamb did some of that today too for Dallas. I know we're not talking Dallas. I just was throwing him out there. Was well, we're gonna talk Dallas my, next? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. Look at that. Got the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers went into overtime. There was a lot to like on both sides of the football. Did the Packers get right? We'll talk 49ers Chargers Sunday night football game. Uh, we had battle of the backups with the Cardinals and the Rams, and what did turn out to be a pretty good game in the NFC North with the Lions and the Bears going right down to the wire. Comeback win for the Detroit Lions. Ton to get to on today's Monday episode of Peacock and Williamson. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or whatever it is you're looking for. Maybe that little bit of smoky mezcal is what you want for somebody. Maybe a bottle of bubbly to celebrate the holidays. The perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Find what you love, love what you find, only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly and be 21. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we talked about Tom Brady. Did Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers figure this thing out? Because there was no reason, you know, I know they're breaking in some new wide receivers, which is a huge story in this game, by the way. And yeah, yeah. that that is uh, clearly judging by how this game went and just judging by how the season's gone has been a problem for the Packers. 
but that is alone not enough. When you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you have a running game and running backs like you do, and you have the defense on paper that you have for the Packers. They shouldn't have been three and six coming into this week, right? And to see them beat the Cowboys, who are one of the better teams in the NFL, 31-28 in overtime. Did the Packers figure something out here, or was this all just because they got a breakout from one of their wide receivers finally? I don't know, because I do think it correlates with the Tampa Bay discussion. And a word I meant to use when describing Brady's performance absolutely applies to Rodgers, too, and that is efficient. You know, I mean, this game was overtime, and Rodgers still only threw 20 passes, you know, but he was very good doing it. You know, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Back to that Rodgers-like TD, you know, interception ratio. But it was all about Aaron Jones with some A.J. Dillon in there, too. I mean, both these teams, the, the two Bays, leaned on a good running game, neutralized a good Cowboys defense, and maybe they have something here in this Watson fella. I mean, I'm sure he'll be the hot pickup in fantasy, and it wouldn't shock me if next week he catches two balls for 18. Yep. He does have some boom or bust nature to him. But it's interesting. I mean, he was their highest drafted guy. The opportunity is absolutely there. Um, but it also brings me to Dallas a little bit in that a couple things are going on in Dallas where CD, I know we're not talking Steelers, but all week I took, you know, Steelers Saints, I said, if you stop Olave and Kamara, you're going to be in it. If you only have two real weapons in today's NFL, that's not enough. And right now I feel like it's Lamb and Pollard, and that's all they have right now in Dallas, that they're a guy short. And those two are great, and they were phenomenal in this game, but you need a third. CD Lamb, 11 for 150, two touchdowns. He had 15 targets. Like, that is target hog usage for a wide receiver there. And, and he was yeah. up to the challenge of making tons of catches, making a lot of catches in traffic. Um, he was I, another I, one I, like Jefferson. When they needed it, the whole world knew it was going to right. Lamb, and good luck. Yes, and I feel like Dak Prescott, because you nailed it with Aaron Rodgers' efficiency, Dak Prescott ended up throwing 46 times, and then throwing a couple mm -hmm. interceptions, and those were the backbreakers in this game. Absolutely. Still only 265 yards on his 46 attempts, whereas Rodgers was 224 on 20 attempts. So, yeah, the efficiency at quarterback, leaning on the running game, 37 attempts by the Packers running backs. That's what you're looking for, both of them over five yards per carry. Now the Packers have the blueprint, and you hope – young Christian Watson, who's got all the talent and now has the opportunity. He led the team in targets, eight targets, four catches for 107. Big plays, got speed, three of them for touchdowns. All three of Rodgers' touchdown passes go to Christian Watson. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to be 15 targets and 11 catches every week, but to have somebody that you start to, that you can start to trust can get open and make those big plays yeah. and Rodgers can start going to you a little bit more. Now you're talking there with the Packers. Yeah, and he doesn't have to turn into C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson but with his speed, if they're running the ball the way they were mm -hmm. and Rodgers sees one-on-one -on -one with Watson, that's enough. You know, I mean, just somebody that's big and long and can get downfield and Watson trusts him to, you know, do fine against single coverage, he's going to throw him the ball and there's going to be big plays because, you know, Rodgers threw the ball extremely well in this game. I'm not particularly worried about Dallas, but their defense is not quite where it was earlier in the season. And I think Parsons is fighting some injuries. He's also off the ball a little bit more as opposed to rushing the passer every snap, which I think is a mistake. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Like he's, yeah. a, he's an edge. That's, that's where his value is. Yeah. Put him yeah, on the edge. Great, but... the quarterback. Right. right. Exactly. So yeah, Packers now four and six and they're better than a four and six team. 
and you started to see a little bit of that this week. They beat the Cowboys, who are now falling to six and three, still in a really good spot with their playoff run. But looking up at the team that's playing Monday Night Football this week, the eight and O Philadelphia Eagles. We'll have more on the Eagles Commanders game on tomorrow's episode of Peacock and Williamson. Let's go to prime time here. Chargers 49ers. The Niners were able to hold on and win this game 22-16. And with the way it looked on the first couple of series of the game with the Chargers and, and 49ers offenses going down the field, it was like, oh, is this going to be a shootout? And yeah. no, that is not at all what happened. Uh, in fact, there was three field goals in the second half all by the 49ers, which was the difference in this game. And uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense blanked the Chargers and kept them out of the end zone after the first drive and and held them to only field goals in the first half and, and blanked them in the second half. So uh, really, this was a game where the 49ers ran the ball as much as they could and tried to allow their defense to win the game for them. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, 49ers and the Chargers now both sitting at five and four after nine games. Yeah, and I kind of feel like the Chargers have been dealt a rough hand, you know, that they really just need to survive, win a couple more easy ones. Hopefully you get back, you know, five core players or so that they're missing, including like Bosa, obviously and Keenan Allen. Um, I, I don't have a lot more to add than what you said. I mean, I was impressed with how LA came out early as well as Herbert making nice throws, but then it just looked like they got worn down, you know, that they just don't have the depth. They don't have the high end talent. They don't have the run defense. And the Niners just keep coming at you with so many guys on both sides of the ball. I mean, there's a lot of defensive playmakers. There's a ton of offensive playmakers now. And even if McCaffrey and Debo don't have monster games, Kittle only catches one pass. Well, then this is the game Ayuk and Mitchell you know, get there, you know, beat you. Or Jennings has a nice day. Or, you know, I mean, so it's just so hard to defend a basketball team that has five big time scorers, you know, and that's what San Fran feels like right now. Right. Yeah. And, and they're able to spread the ball around in a way that if you're, if you're really keying on guys like Debo and McCaffrey and they kind of operate in a similar area in the field, mm-hmm. then it's going to open things up for other players. And, you know, Ayuk's been singled up for a month straight every, every snap, you know, and, and you He's can really see that good. in production and Juwan Jennings on third downs. It's like, can you beat a guy as a big slot? And they're using him as sort of, you know, the quasi tight end at times with the, with the routes he's running and on third downs, he's been huge for them. Um, and Elijah Mitchell, nice to see him back. He's in a little bit of the, the thump there too. And he was kind of the close it out running back. It was Elijah Mitchell on the field as the main back and not Christian McCaffrey late once they got a lead in that game, which is really interesting. Um, so I think on the 49ers offense, it's just not high volume enough. It's going to be a different guy every week there. Um, which might hurt some of the, the fantasy appeal for some of their playmakers, even though they have so many. But really, you look at the quarterback play in this game, and Garoppolo was great on third downs and was more efficient. It was much like that Dak and, and Aaron Rodgers line. You know, 19-28 for Jimmy Garoppolo. Didn't throw any touchdowns, but didn't have any interceptions. Only sacked one time, got the ball out quick, uh, 240 yards passing. And Justin Herbert, uh, after that first drive, I mean, it, he was struggling to try to find somebody that was open, trying to find yeah. somewhere to go with the ball, and it was just all on him dropping back 35 times, only 196 passing yards. I mean, that is really inefficient. One touchdown, one interception. So it wasn't terrible by any means, but there was just – yeah, you feel bad for Herbert. He needs some of his weapons back. Yeah, I mean, the Carters and Palmers and Everett's of the world, if they're your third, fourth, fifth option, you know, or maybe even fourth, fifth, sixth when you put Eckler yeah. at three – now you're humming. It's just they just don't have their horses, and it's too much on Herbert, and the line's not good enough to deal with it. Um, you kind of addressed this, but Twitter question from Mike Williamson through Matt Williamson, is it time to trade Debo Samuel, Dad? He's been asking me this all day. 
I mean, I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't make sense for the 49ers to have done what they did and then not utilize Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of mouths. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of mouths to feed. To be honest with you, I think what happens in the offseason is maybe Brandon Ayuk is the guy that ends up going because I don't think the 49ers can get rid of Debo Samuel. Oh, I'm talking only fantasy. Oh, you're talking about fantasy. My son's fantasy team. He's trying to turn Debo into Lamar. Is it time to move on from Debo for fantasy this year? Um, I I think that the consistency for Debo might not be there. There's going to be a game or Mm -hmm. two that he goes off, but the consistency is not there. If you can get value, I would. I would entertain that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, that was my advice as well. But I figured I'd ask the expert. No, that's a that's a good question. Great question by Mike. <laughs> Mike <and Pittsburgh. laughs> All right, uh, more to get to from this schedule of Week Ten games. There was uh, Jeff Saturday getting his inaugural yeah. win as interim head coach. the The Colts are back. Colts are back, baby, with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Are they back? Uh, a couple notes on your Steelers and uh, some other games to get into here with a blowout win for the Miami Dolphins. All that and more coming up to finish up this episode of Peacock and Williamson. And if you want to play along, Daily Fantasy, made easy by our friends at Prize Picks. You want to play along with Monday Night Football? Maybe you didn't have a great fantasy week. Well, that's what <laughs> Daily Fantasy is all about. Monday night, there are still games going, and you can have a whole bunch of fun. And it's super easy to play. Make an entry in less than sixty seconds at Prize Picks. And how does it work? Easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people either. It's just you versus those projections available at Prize Picks. Tons of good projections available for Monday Night Football as well with the Eagles and Washington. Uh, Price Picks offers not just NFL projections either. We're talking NBA, NHL, golf, college sports, esports, motorsports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, you name it. You can find projections at Price Picks. Withdrawals are safe and fast, and Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Is it time to worry about the Arizona Cardinals? We've already worried a lot about the Rams who lost in this game with their backup quarterbacks, and I don't. You shouldn't look. I don't know how to phrase this for the Cardinals. And of course they had their backup quarterback in as well. It was Wolford in this game at quarterback with the Cardinals and the Rams Cardinals winning 27, 17 Cardinals now bypass the Rams uh, for third place in the NFC West at four and six. And the, the Rams are now three and six. But when, when Colt McCoy doesn't give you less of a chance to win games than Kyler, uh, what is going on? You know, yeah. w- w- what's the shakeup? Because it's 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 becoming clear that this offseason and there has to be a shakeup. Is it GM? Is it head coach? Is it quarterback? Like, I can't figure out what this team is even supposed to be, let alone what they are. Yeah, it's a great point. And I didn't know where you're going with that until what you mentioned. And I don't think we're implying that they're a better football team with McCoy, but the cha- the the fact that that falls out of our mouth in any way, shape, or form is it, yeah. And last year when know. McCoy played, you know, they won some games. They, you know, yeah. it, it's it's not a problem, and it should be a problem to go from Kyler Murray to Colt McCoy. Yeah, but they play it closer to the vest. They don't turn the ball over. You know, I mean, it's a little more balanced. It seems like there's less of an agenda. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. 
I, I just think the the team building here, probably starting at GM, maybe even ownership down to quarterback with head coach in between there is very flawed. And I feel like we've all seen this coming. I mean, I don't think the personalities are tremendous, but at least in this game, to your point, they got out to a, a fast start, which hasn't happened at all this year. They've, you know, they played pretty good defense against what I think is a broken Rams team. And boy, I hope Cup isn't out any amount of time or they're never going to score another point. Um, <laughs> I, I have no confidence in either one of these teams. Hey, Wolford had a nice little touchdown pass late in that game. It, it, it was a good throw. But yeah, look, yeah. Look, even with Stafford in there, the Rams, like first to worst, it's it's kind of scary how bad the Rams it's are. Inevitable. Right? 66 yeah. rushing yards. You know, I mean, and I'm sitting here looking at it. Six different guys got carries. No one more than six. You know, like, you know, they don't they have no foundation other than cup. And I don't right. think, you know, Ramsey and Donald are losing anything, but they're not taking over games and you can't they're not designed to win 17-13. The cast around Donald and Ramsey is worse on defense this year, clearly. And the and the Rams offensive line, you can't run or throw. So it doesn't matter who's a quarterback or it doesn't matter if you have cup because you can't run the ball and you don't right, have right. To, to run your full offense throwing the ball either. So, yeah, Rams are in bad shape. And unlike the Packers and, and the Bucks, it's a lot harder to see them turning it around. Yes, I, I think they're shot. Uh, where I, I think the Packers have an outside shot at the playoffs. I think the Bucs are going to make the playoffs. I think the Rams basically have no shot. I don't think Arizona's anything resembling a contender either. No, I, I would not. I, I would not expect the Cardinals to win enough games or worry any teams that that were going to be making the playoffs. So yeah. is this safe to say, from a Niner perspective, that Seattle's the team you worry about most in the division right now? Yeah, oh, yeah, not even okay. close. Okay, right. yeah. yeah, yes, I for totally sure. agree. And really, uh, in a lot of ways, you're worried about yourself. I think if you're the in player, that case, yeah, get yourself right, and you're a playoff team, whether you win the West or not, and you're going to be one of those seven. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, and I there's starting to be a gap between the top seven, and it's like everybody over 500 is there's seven teams over 500, and the rest are not, uh, and it's starting to be like, okay, I don't even know if any of these teams are going to be leap leap from from where they are. Like we already, we might already have the playoff, the playoff seven wow. with some very minor jockeying for a position in the NFC already. Start what's starting to look like. That's interesting because I hadn't thought of that from an NFC perspective. And I assume you're including the Giants in there. You have to. They have a good record. But, mm -hmm. yeah, there is seven teams right now that are clearly the playoff teams at least. Oh, the Giants are seven and two. Right, right. Completely collapsed to not make the playoffs at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. No, you're 100% right. How about Jeff Saturday? Did Jim Irsay yeah. find some magic with Jeff Saturday coming in and – Coaching the Indianapolis Colts to victory in his first game as head coach. Congratulations to Jeff Saturday, 25 to 20 over the Las Vegas Raiders and Matt Ryan back in at quarterback for those Colts. Yeah. And I wasn't kind to the Ursa decision to hire Saturday. And I, I think it's a bit of a travesty no matter what. Um, but I also think the Raiders are very broken and are amongst the most disappointing teams in the league. Their defense is really, really bad. But I give Saturday credit. I mean, he installed an NFL quarterback, whether Ryan shot or not. He's an NFL quarterback that's been around the block. They got it out of his hands very quick to, to help an ailing offensive line, and that line wasn't exploited as much. Got Taylor rolling again. He had a long touchdown, but it was the Taylor show, as we all expected. 
But what I didn't see coming, especially with that, was a lot of explosive plays. You know, I mean, Matt Ryan had a 39-yard run. Taylor had a 66-yard run. I mean, all the receivers, they had a lot of chunk yardage plays, which I, I did not see coming. Um, I don't know how sustainable this is for Indy, but believe it or not, they're four, five, and one. I mean, they're not really in that bad of shape. Uh, could they catch Tennessee? Possibly. And the Raiders are more disappointing than the last two teams we talked about, which is a mouthful. Right. And that's tough. So for the Colts, yeah. it's still difficult because they have to win the division. Yeah. Pretty much. They do. They and do. and I, I don't know what the record is. I would love to see this all time for interim coaches. So I don't think the interim coach records are good. But right, I the first would game is. To bet the first or second game. Like if, yeah. if you just took the, the first two weeks sample of interim coaches and look at those records, I bet interim coaches are over 500 all time. I bet they are. Or even if they're 500, that's right. out, out shooting their coverage. You know oh, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. Right. So we'll Take see it. if that's sustainable. That's a great word by you, and I don't think it is for the Colts, but we'll find out going forward. And for the Raiders, we just know who they are now, and they might be the worst team in the NFL. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. They're at the bottom of the list. Oh, no they're not the worst team, but they're bottom three. They're bottom three, and yeah. their defense is really bad. Not good situation for a first-year coach. Could it be one and done with Josh McDaniels there? I think you have and to consider it. Uh, your Steelers, they're a different team with T.J. Watt. Are they going to make a run, Matt? Uh, the second half of the schedule is a lot of Saints and Panthers and Falcons and Colts. So they will look much better, and I've been predicting this all along, the second half of the year. First half of the year was the hardest schedule in the league. T.J. is a massive difference maker, and they ran the football. There you go. Not dead yet, those Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Get your questions in for our mailbag later in the week at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Talk to you next time right here, Peacock and Williamson.